0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode. This is Ethan.
1: This is Crystal. This is Jessica.
0: And this is What's, What's in the name. name.
1: Perfect. <laughs> That's I mean,
0: think it's the
1: last episode.
0: Yes. Um, Crystal, you sound like you're a little bit under the weather. How are we
1: doing today? Um, I'm like barely making it, but I'm so dedicated to you guys. Here I am. Wow. <laughs> She's in
2: Utah, so she said it was... um. The pollution that caused her to lose her voice. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's scientifically backed, but we can just yes. refer to her as a uh, Chris today rather than Crystal.
0: <laughs> oh man, well I hope you feel better, Crystal. I hope it doesn't last too long.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Jessica <laughs> gave me something for you guys that you know have to put it together. Jessica <laughs> and I are doing a live podcast. Yes, very exciting.
0: You show up to Utah and Jessica's like, I got you a gift. It, it, it's COVID. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pollution or like, yeah, pollution that's caused your, you to lose your voice. I don't know if that's ever been.
0: <laughs> she's the first ever.
2: That, yeah, but it's
0: fine. She's, she's patient O.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we wanted to kick it off like we usually do with a fun little get to know your question. So uh, this week's question is, what is your guys's Favorite useless fact?
2: Okay, I feel like I have a lot, but um, growing up with my dad, he's like the most random fact person you know that like you can be passing through basically any town and be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And give you like the history of the town. So uh, there's a city in Idaho called Lewiston. And anytime the word Lewiston is said, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the city, he's like, you know, Lewiston has the farthest inland port in the United States, meaning you can access the Pacific Ocean from Idaho. Uh, And so anytime I hear anything even close to Lewiston, I'm like, oh my gosh, did you know? Uh And like that piece of information comes to my mind. So not sure how helpful it is, but definitely a useless fact that has been drilled into my brain.
0: Interesting. I would never have guessed that. That feels like it's very far inland for a port.
2: I know. That's why I think he's very uh, passionate about telling people that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the more you know. Um, okay, my favorite useless fact, or at least one of them, um, is that bananas are the only known fruit that naturally splits pieces. Huh. Yeah, no other fruit does that.
2: That's interesting. So if you peel a banana and like break it, it naturally splits into three sections.
0: Yeah. So like the easiest way to see this is if you peel a banana and then you bite off one of the tops and then you just push down in the center of the banana, it will split into three pieces. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Kind of interesting. So if you ever get that on a trivia night, you're welcome. And you owe me part of your prize money if you win.
1: (laughs) Solid. Okay. So mine is originally pound cake contained a pound of all of its ingredients. For a all those burgers out there,
0: a pound, a, a pound of every single thing.
1: Yeah. What Which are is a what lot are the butter. what are
0: the ingredients in pound cake?
1: Flour, butter, sugar, <laughs> vanilla. Okay, it's not a pound of vanilla. <laughs> so There's no that's way. That's probably the one ingredient that there wasn't a pound of. But... Maybe a pound of eggs.
0: I just can't imagine. Isn't like a pound of butter and a pound of sugar a lot?
1: Yeah, it's death. <laughs>
0: Interesting. I did not know that, but I also never even wondered like why it was called pound cake. but that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. All right.
0: Dang. Okay. Well, thank you guys for sharing those um, useless facts. I feel a little bit smarter, if not at all wiser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, like we mentioned at the end of last week's episode, today's topic is going to be um, spiritual bypassing. So before we dive into the conversation and what exactly spiritual bypassing is. I just think it's important to note that all three of us are coming to this conversation from a faith background, which is, of course, um, going to kind of color our perspective and our conversations. So I think that's just kind of um, something that's important to be upfront about and to note before we kind of dive into it. But uh, Crystal or Jessica, any other thoughts you wanna add on that before we kind of get into to the conversation?
2: No, I would just say that while well, yes, we will be coming from a faith background that it applies in a lot of different general areas in just talking about like avoidance of negative feelings and maybe um, some of that regard. So I think that it can be relatable even if you're not religious, but definitely important to note that it is specifically
1: affiliated with um, faith. And another thing to add, of the three of us, I'm the most faithful. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: Okay, is that why you currently have a plague going on over there?
1: Listen, (laughs) we'll get into that.
0: (laughs) Good to know. But who, okay, but who's the second most faithful, Crystal?
1: (laughs) Probably Jessica. Okay, Ethan, sorry.
0: (laughs) Wow, just because I'm not living in Utah, in the promised land of all. (laughs) Okay, well, that's fair. I mean, you're probably not wrong, so. (laughs) um. All right. So, as we had defined last week, spiritual bypassing is the tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. And that is a verbatim definition we pulled off the internet, so you know it's true. (laughs) Um, So, it was first coined in 1984 by the psychologist John Wellwood. And he coined this when he noticed that some people that he was working with, uh, were using their religion or their spirituality in an attempt to avoid difficult issues or difficult conversations that they had in their life.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I just think it would be important to note that, um, we talked a little bit about, um, scrupulosity in a previous episode and spiritual bypassing can be similar to scrupulosity in that um, scrupulosity is typically more of a religion-based OCD and spiritual bypassing is religion-based avoidance or repression so they're very similar in kind of their nature
0: yeah exactly I think that's a great way to frame it as well it kind of helps understand like what exactly spiritual uh, bypassing is So at its core, it's just one type of denial or avoidance, like you mentioned, Jessica, that we can engage in when we are faced with these unpleasant emotions or circumstances in life. And uh, much like scrupulosity as well, our intention behind spiritual bypassing may be a good one that revolves around our religion or our spirituality being a really important part of us and a part of our self-identity. But the way those values then manifest themselves in our actions is what becomes maladaptive. So, you know, we might have really good intentions behind why we are engaging with our faith the way that we are, but the way that it's manifesting itself in our lives is where there might be a little bit of a disconnect or maybe not a super healthy uh, practice. So I'm just wondering if uh, Crystal, Jessica, if you guys have any examples of spiritual bypassing that you've seen in your life, or maybe that you've experienced,
1: Yeah, I feel like not focusing on the here and now and living kind of in a spiritual world or um, just not being in touch with reality a lot of the times. And so for me, I feel like I will, something bad will happen and I will just kind of chalk it up to, oh, well, you know, it was meant to be like the Lord allowed it to happen. It's okay. Like, that's it. Is that like-
0: where we kind of like disconnect or something or refuse to engage. And we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that. Um, something that you mentioned, right? About like, oh, the Lord wanted it to happen or that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, we will dive in kind of like the nuances because that's not always spiritual bypassing and then like a negative way or a dysfunctional way. But I definitely think I see where you're coming from.
2: Yeah, I would just add something similar to Crystal. Um in that, like, the phrase, everything happens for a reason, I think a lot of stuff happens for a reason, but I don't necessarily think that everything happens for a reason. For example, um, if someone decides to, like, go out and get drunk, and then that person drives and, like, kills someone's family, I don't think that necessarily, like, that had to happen, or um, God willed that to happen. And I think a lot of times, as Crystal was mentioning, people say that in an effort to, um not process their grief, just attribute it to being God's will. So I leave it at that. So I think it's okay to note that like, oh, I do think that God's hand potentially had a role in this, um, or definitely had a role in it. But as long as it's not, I guess, a tactic to not process my own grief. Another one I just thought of too that I drives me crazy is a type of fallacy that's called um appeal to like a higher authority. So if I'm in like a really difficult conversation with someone And like, maybe I'm like losing the argument or I feel like I don't have any like ground to stand on. Then I can just be like, well, I feel like God wants me to do this. And it kind of like, is like, what are you supposed to argue with that? So I do think that a lot of people like spiritual bypass difficult conversations by just being like, well, I think that this is God that wants me to do it because that person can't have any ground to stand on by saying like, no, that's not what God wants or something like that. So that's another point that I thought would be relevant to spiritual bypassing.
0: Yeah. And it's so tricky, right? Because like, there are some times when legitimately like the only thing you know is like you have felt that like that this is you know yeah. divine revelation or divine inspiration and that's all you have to work off of and so that's kind of how you have to go forward and then other times it maybe is maladaptive or it is kind of being used in a, a twisted way so it's a really hard needle to thread right of like When am I doing this because it's truly something that I feel is divinely inspired? And when am I doing this because I just like don't want to engage or I feel like I'm losing an argument, like you mentioned, right? It's something that you have to be so honest with ourselves about, which we know is very difficult. Totally. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate those thoughts. I also think kind of like you mentioned, Jessica and Crystal, about how, you know, just saying everything happens for a reason or like, oh, that's just how God wanted it to be. I feel like we see that a lot with conversations we have around death, especially of conversations we have around like someone when someone in our family passes away. So I think, for example, sometimes in an attempt to somewhat, to comfort a grieving person, people will say things like, oh, they're in a better place now, or God called them home because he needed them more than we do, you know, things like that, I'm sure. I'm sure I have said that to other people in the past. And so I don't want to paint anyone who has ever said something like that in a bad light because I think it's very natural to try and comfort people in their grief. But in a way that is spiritual bypassing because we're trying to navigate around the grief by the means of our faith rather than experience that grief through a lens of faith, if that makes any sense. And so I think it's totally fine for us to use our faith, if that's something that we have, to take challenges head on and kind of help us get a perspective. But when we try to use faith as a way to ignore or minimize those challenges, I think that's when it becomes spiritual bypassing.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Sometimes I feel like we can be really terrible when it comes to grieving and really kind of move into a territory of being really invalidating to other people's beliefs. I actually feel like for me personally, when it's myself grieving, like, I don't want to hear people say, oh, it's okay, just keep an internal perspective, right? Like, that feels invalidating to me, but I'm so, I so often lean into that, because if I'm not the one experiencing, I guess, because I'm like, no, 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 like, you don't have to be sad, like, you think about all these, like, wonderful truths, but in the moment, I think it can be really invalidating to the, the really hard emotions that the other person is experiencing.
1: So like like you said earlier, Ethan, we come from a faith-based background. And so I think with that spirituality or wellness, we are seeking um, answers and understanding. And so with that, it can kind of be a problem where we dismiss or fundamental things that are happening in actual reality. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, right. Like I mentioned earlier, I think it's totally natural to try to comfort someone by saying things right of like oh we need to have an eternal perspective like even though what's going on right now is super hard it's not that big of a deal in the long and the big picture i think it is definitely like very natural and not even necessarily bad to want to reach out and comfort someone through those means but like we talked about if we're doing that to avoid feeling sad or avoid grieving or avoid difficult conversations that's when it's the problem right because like just because you have faith or you have a religion or you're spiritual doesn't mean you also give up your right to feel sad at times or to be upset about things or to want something to improve or to grieve right like you can hold both of those things you can hold spirituality and also your right to have a hard time and struggle through things like those two things don't do not have to be mutually exclusive In that line of thinking, how do you guys think we can balance that idea of using our faith to address challenges as opposed to using our faith to ignore challenges? Any thoughts there?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking about something that I talk with my clients a lot about is that emotions or feelings that we have, they kind of come with a bill to pay, meaning um, they need to receive some kind of like recompense in order for them to be able to move on. And if we just choose to avoid and shove it down further and further like those emotions accrue interest and like eventually we're gonna have to pay that bill and it's gonna be at a much higher cost so i think if um we're willing to assess that like are am i willing to sit with this emotion am i willing to quote unquote pay the bill that this emotion needs to have paid and if i'm willing to sit with those feelings um and Uh, be able to sit with those feelings, acknowledge them, and then move on to a better place. I think that that is using faith uh, to address challenges. Whereas if I'm being really avoidant of the feelings, I have a tendency to ignore them. I'm not paying the bill. I'm avoiding or feeling like maybe these are negative feelings that I'm not supposed to be feeling. It could be a good indicator that I'm kind of using my faith to ignore the challenges.
1: So yeah, I agree with what you said, Jessica. At some point, we're all gonna pay the price. And I think it happens in one way or another. And I feel like a lot of times when we try to push down what we're feeling or just kind of not face what's going on in our life, it causes other things to happen. And a lot of people tend to get sick because they're not you know, really coming to terms with what they're feeling.
0: Yeah, no, I think those are both really good thoughts. So thank you guys for sharing. Um, I think it's also important to note that spiritual bypassing especially how we've been talking about it so far oftentimes has a negative context to it but it's not always seen as something that's dysfunctional so this is what i was talking about earlier crystal um i don't think we should necessarily pejoratively label any kind of like faith first approach as just another form of someone's spiritual bypassing um in fact many clinicians agree that spiritual bypassing can be a healthy way of dealing with acute stress or really intense spiritual emergencies when it's used as a short-term approach and that spiritual bypassing really only becomes a problem when it is relied on as a crutch for a long-term solution. So I think that's really important to note that it's not, it's not automatically bad if we're trying to process our initial thoughts about something by saying like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Everything happens for a reason. Like that's very natural and it's not necessarily even dysfunctional to use our faith to kind of get us um, through through the starting line and then figure out the journey as we go along.
2: Yeah, that makes total sense. I think it's a tricky line to walk, but in a lot of ways, spiritual bypassing can be a super effective way to challenge maybe thoughts that come our way and really rationalize what we are thinking to get more to, uh, I guess, foundational truth of what's guiding our thoughts and behaviors.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point, Jessica. And I think the last thing that any three of us want is for someone to walk away from this conversation and say like, Oh, I should feel bad if I'm trying to cope by the means of my faith or vice versa. Right. I know like conversations around faith can be really tricky and really sticky for a lot of people. And so I just want to be respectful. Right. And let people understand it's, there's so many different ways on how we can correctly engage with our faith or use it in a positive way. So I don't, I don't want anyone walking away thinking like, oh, like I can never use my faith to help me get through a hard time or something or else I'm spiritual bypassing. That's totally, totally not what we're saying. Um, I remember a conversation, Jessica, though, that we had a couple years ago while you were in your master's program. And you had mentioned some research that you had done on the benefits of religion and spirituality? Because like I mentioned, I feel like sometimes conversations around faith can be a little bit difficult to navigate. And oftentimes they get maybe a negative rap depending on who you're talking with. But do you remember any of those key takeaways that you had kind of seen in that research of benefits of religion or spirituality?
2: Yeah, I remember it stood out to me because um, religion, looking I guess as religion as a positive thing was kind of I don't wanna say it was taboo, but it definitely wasn't a conversation that was had often. But I remember when we were studying uh, religion specifically and the effect that it has on mental health, um, it talked a lot about locus of control, which let me explain really quick. So if you believe that you have control over what happens, then you have what's referred to as an internal locus of control. You are the one in control. You believe you have control over what happens. It's very internal. Whereas if you believe that you have no control over what happens and that just a ton of external variables are to blame, then you have what's known as an external locus of control and everything kind of that goes wrong in your life is because of factors that you can't control. So a lot of people actually would assume that religion or attributing everything to happening happening because of a God would increase external locus of control, meaning no matter what I do, God is the one calling the shots. He's the one deciding everything. So I'm not even going to do anything because everything is out of my hands. But in reality, the higher your, um, or the more religious you are, the higher your internal locus of control is. Meaning, um, the more that you believe have a direct impact on what your future looks like, that you are in control of your life, that you, um, get to kind of like decide the outcomes, of your decisions, it actually increases your internal locus of control, which I thought was very interesting. Um, And something that really spoke to the huge benefit that having um, some type of faith belief can be to your mental health.
0: Yeah, I like that, because it seems counterintuitive, right? Like, you would think, like you mentioned, if someone believes in a God, and that there's kind of like a greater plan, then they would have an external locus of control. But uh, that's not that's not the case. It looks like in the research. Um, I also kind of on that same line. I remember reading about how social science and the body of research in social science is hesitant to to research religion or spirituality because it's really really hard to operationalize it and make standardized objective ways of measuring those things. And so they oftentimes tend to shy away from that as any kind of like explanatory variable, because it's just so hard to measure it correctly or measure it objectively. Um, And so that's just something interesting, because I remember them saying there was one researcher saying she was trying to change that in social sciences, because in her research, she had seen that if teenagers had responded at and said that they had high rates of religion or spirituality, that it often attributed was like explaining factors like higher pro-social behaviors, less depression, less social anxiety, things like that. But none of the other social science was, it, was kind of validating that because they weren't even researching it as an explanatory factor. Hmm. Yeah. Crystal, how about you? Any thoughts on like the benefits that religion can play in someone's life?
1: Yeah. So this speaking personally, um, so I didn't grow up in uh, like a religious household or anything. It's something that I found later in life. And honestly, I feel like the biggest benefit for me is it makes me a lot happier. Um, so I met this guy that I like, used to talk to a while ago. And I remember him telling me, he's like, you're too smart to be religious or like have a belief um, like that it just doesn't make sense. And for me, like, and, and, some, and for some people, it won't make sense, but it makes me happier. And so I feel like to not do something that makes me happy doesn't make sense. And so... Um, yeah. So the benefit that it plays in my life is it just gives me perspective and it helps me stay grounded. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Well, okay. One question I had was, someone, how can someone realize if they're engaging in spiritual bypassing? Did you see anything about that in your research?
0: Um, yeah, I know. That's a really good question. Especially because how we talked about um, there being this really fine line between using your faith to approach challenges as opposed to using your faith to avoid challenges and when i was prepping for this uh, conversation there actually isn't a huge body of research around spiritual bypassing most of the information i found was more like anecdotal than it was actual actually like scientific but it was still really interesting nonetheless so some signs um that you could be engaging in spiritual bypassing or at least headed in that direction were things like overemphasizing the positive and avoiding or diminishing the negative, um, refusing to deal with negative or difficult emotions because like, quote unquote, it's all of God. It's all part of God's plan. Um, forcing yourself to be happy because you tell yourself that faithful people are always happy people, people, um, avoiding or suppressing difficult questions you have because you're afraid that it will ruin your faith. Um, and keeping yourself occupied with really spiritual activities so that you don't ever have to deal with hard things. Um, So those were kind of some of the thing I had, some of the things I'd seen in like the anecdotal parts of my research, but um, I'm curious, like, well, how about you guys? Do you have any thoughts on, or like signs that maybe you think could help you realize when you're spiritual bypassing?
2: I'm thinking of a literal sign that I see in people's houses sometimes that says good vibes only Um, I (laughs) hate that message. Um, and I think it's honestly a really good sign that you could be potentially spiritual bypassing because the fact of the matter is, is that plan A in this life was to go through some really terrible, bad vibes kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, and if you are experiencing bad vibes, it does not mean that anything is the matter with you or you're less faithful. That is just like the reality of life. So I feel like, the good vibes only kind of message is just really avoidant, unrealistic and invalidating to a lot of stuff. So life is not just a series of good vibes only, and that's okay. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> um, if that's what you feel like has to be kind of like the mantra of your life though. And again, this is just speaking up from it from like a generalized perspective. I think that for some people that positive kind of perspective helps them out a ton. But if you are avoidant of maybe more difficult feelings, um, because of that kind of message, I think it could be a sign that you are engaging in spiritual bypassing.
0: <laughs> Jessica, out here just offending all of our audience who has good good vibe signs in their house. <laughs> I know,
2: right? The only thing worse than that is live, laugh, love, which <laughs> I won't go into.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you bring up a good point, though, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with that until you know, like every every virtue is a virtue until it becomes a vice. Like if we're if it's too extreme, taken to an extreme. So yeah, I, t- I totally get what you're saying.
1: So for me, kind of going in line with like things that people have in their house, or like people say commonly, is you create your own reality or have a friend who's always like raise your vibration or your frequency, like just like your aura or whatever, which I mean, again, to some extent we play a part in our reality, but I don't think in whole cloth we create our own reality. I'm um, just my own belief. Um, I think you can, um, if you're not manifesting the realities of your dreams, you're not necessarily to blame for everything that's happening in your life. You have yeah. an external locus of control.
2: i <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no,
0: I think those are, I think those are great thoughts though. Like, um, yeah, I just, I just love it. I love the conversation around it because like we've already said so many times, I feel like if we are someone who identifies with a faith tradition or identifies as kind of like religious or spiritual, it's so easy for this part of us that we love and that we really put a lot of weight in for it to become toxic if we somehow just like really unknowingly slip into using it as a coping mechanism that is um, not a good coping mechanism. So I think it's just really important to have a conversation and even just know what spiritual bypassing is because so many times we think like, oh, I'm using my faith to cope with this issue I'm having. When in reality, it's like, yes, you are using your faith, but you're using it to spiritually bypass and like engage with these difficult conversations. Like you should not be using your faith to avoid these hard things. You should be using your faith to go through these hard things. So I appreciate those thoughts. Um, So now I kind of want to ask you guys, what is your one sentence takeaway from our conversation?
2: Yeah, I would just say mine is to be willing to sit with hard emotion and allow others to do the same. And once you've done that, utilize the benefit that religious beliefs have um, in challenging thoughts and putting them into perspective
1: and bringing a lot of comfort to your life. Um, So for me, I would say my... My takeaway is something that I like want to try to do in my life is examine uh, my own emotions and experiences um, to see where I may have like fell victim. I don't want to say victim, but you know, experience um, bypassing my own life.
0: Yeah, I kind of like to become more aware of it, of yeah. where it could be happening. Yeah, so my takeaway is that I want to be. Uh, more intentional and trying to normalize conversations in my life that allow me or other people I'm talking with to deal with hard topics because of our faith rather than in spite of our faith.
2: Mm, That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. Awesome. So thanks uh, Jessica and Crystal for another great conversation. Um, This one was just really important to me. And I just also think it's really, really interesting. Um, I feel like we could have talked about it for a lot longer but we won't do that to our fans we'll uh we'll move on to something else i suppose but i'm excited to talk about our next episode it'll be our 10th episode so we have something special planned for everyone so crystal do you want to uh to tell them about it
1: well we'll be having a guest and it may or may not be someone famous Jessica, do you want to explain what the next episode will be about? For sure. Um, And just so you guys know, um,
2: for other listeners listening, you can guest host as well for a small fee of uh, $9.99. But we'll split (laughs) up into payments, so don't worry. Um, (laughs) But next week, um, our friend Lena is going to be joining us. Sorry if I spoiled anything. But um, we're going to be talking about flow. Which is going to sound confusing maybe when I share, but we'll go into more detail obviously. But essentially, flow is the mental state um, in which a person performing some type of activity is so fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity uh, that they just become engrossed in it completely. So, if you think about the time that you were um, so into something that you lost all track of time, you were probably uh, experiencing flow. So. I'm excited to chat more about it next week with our famous guest host.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. If that is it, we will go ahead and and sign off. Uh, But it was good talking with everybody.
1: Bye, Nara. Bye.
0: See you next week.